everyone. Welcome to Everyday Theologian, where we educate, empower, and equip you to know why you believe what you believe. everybody. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again. If you're watching on YouTube or a podcast app, thanks for tuning in. If you watched last week, you might have heard our friend Bree, who joined in for the fir- to be the first ever guest. And today we have her spouse, Noah, on the show. So I'm Ooh. excited he's here. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Noah, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah. So as, as said... My name is Noah Weiss, uh, <laughs> married to the Brianna Weiss, and I was born and raised in Duncanville, Texas. Okay. So that's going to be just like barely south of Dallas, uh, borders Dallas on the south side. Uh, graduated from high school there. I went to undergrad at Dallas Baptist University. Yes. Go Pats. <laughs> um, and then I am currently a graduate student at Dallas Theological Seminary. Awesome. And then I also work part-time for a nonprofit called Forerunner Mentoring. Okay. And so I'm a site lead there. So I, yeah, I, I help oversee one of the after school programs there. Awesome. Yeah. So what age group is that? So my, the age group I work with primarily is K through sixth grade. Wow. So the little ones. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. a big jump. Oh, like yeah. Like five to 12. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, our youngest is women kindergarten age, and then we have a couple sixth graders. Okay. Wow. So, oh, it's, oh, it's a lot of fun, a lot of energy. So you guys may not know, but um, I also went to Dallas Baptist University and I currently go to Dallas Theological Seminary. Let's go. But this is the first time Noah and I have met. I know. So, but we have so much in common. That's pretty impressive, honestly, considering (laughs) how small our schools are. So, Right. Um, But Bree brought us together Mm. right now for this podcast. Amen. So Noah is going to be talking about a fun topic today. And um, I didn't really know how to title it. So we're just going to call it, It's Cool to Be a Smart Christian. I love it. Yes. You might have actually titled it. Yeah, actually, <laughs> I think I sent that and yeah. I didn't know if it would make the cut. And so it I'm, made really, it. I'm really glad that that's it, what we're sticking yeah, with. Yeah, it made the cut. I didn't know how to title it either. So it sounded good. Perfect. So it's it's cool to be a smart Christian. And Noah, can you kind of just give us a little background on what does that even mean? What are we even talking about today? Yeah, so I think something that I think we're going to be talking about today especially is uh, just more of why I think Christians should embrace the intellectual side of Christianity. Yes. And why we should embrace our faith more that way. Um, And I think that's just because that's something that I was exposed to and it's changed my life. It quite frankly has really changed my life. So a lot of people, you know, may um, say that they're a Christian and maybe they would agree that they've accepted Christ as their savior. Yeah. But does the journey stop there or can the journey even stop there? Uh, I would say no. I, I think the journey can stop there, but it shouldn't. Uh, and so something that I think there's a confusion on with salvation mm. is sometimes we, there's, there's several stages of salvation and some and sometimes we kind of label one part of it all of it. So I think we talk about our conversion. So I accepted Christ into mm-hmm. my heart, or you know, there's so many different ways to say it. 
no matter what age you are. Sometimes we call that salvation. Okay. So, but the thing is, is biblically speaking, that's only one part of it. Mm. And so, so the way to think about salvation is your sanctification, which is the process of becoming more like Christ, which we're going to talk about later. Uh, that's part of it. And you had a conversion, but just because you're saved, it's not like a, you know, you get a check mark and you're done. Uh, maybe in a good metaphor to think about it is uh, like a relationship. So, you know, with my wife, Bree, we dated for a while and we got married. Well, now we're married. I can stop. Right. I don't, <laughs> we don't have to talk to her anymore. I don't have to go on dates. I don't have to live with her. Probably wouldn't go well. No, absolutely not. It would, that's, that's not marriage at all. Yeah. So I, it would go really bad if I had that mindset. Well, in the same way, that's our relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and our, the Holy Spirit is our seal of salvation. And uh, scripture says the, the good work that he has began with us in, in us is he's going to complete it in Christ Jesus. Uh, and so just to answer your question, no, it's, it doesn't end once we're saved. Uh, and I think a, a way to think about it is you have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. Uh, so in... That's uh, good. Yeah. Sorry, Paul talks about, he, he has a verse where it's like, work out your salvation in fear and trembling. So this idea of like working out your salvation, which might sound like you have to earn it, but that's not what he's saying at all. Yeah. It's more of this idea of sanctification. Mm. But yeah, absolutely. It, it doesn't end once we're saved. So the first stage is just the what you called conversion. Yeah. Right. So if a person says, well, I love Jesus, yeah. I love Jesus, um, but man, I just don't really want to like talk about theology mm. or dive into doctrine. You would say that that's crucial to yeah. continuing on. Yeah. to working out your salvation. Would that be a part of working it out? Yeah, absolutely. So another another way to think about it, back to that the illustration I, I gave with, uh, with my wife. Uh, obviously, part of a relationship is communication mm-hmm. and is talking on, the, on a daily basis, uh, several times a day. Uh, and something that we as Christians have, and even in the 21st century, what we have today is the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Uh, in John 1, uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So Christ, John is saying in that chapter, Christ, he later goes on to say that Christ is the Word. Mm-hmm. So what we have, the Scripture, which is the Word revealed, we have Christ revealed. So my argument, and what I think we should start thinking of, is to know the Bible is to know Christ. Yeah. And is to know God. And so... There's always there's like a meme that I saw that was really funny that <laughs> it, it, I think I've seen it a couple of times where it's like God speak to me why God why are you not speaking to me and he's like sitting next to a Bible yeah and it's like and I think God just like points or something uh, but yeah quite literally like if we believe that the Bible is the Word of God that it that is Christ uh, and so if we want to in the same way if I want to get to know my wife better I have to talk to her we have to go out on dates we have to spend time together in the same way and i think you know there's there's people get scared of names Mm. uh theological uh doctrine uh there's a lot of like jargon that gets really intimidating hard to say hard to pronounce sometimes absolutely soteriology (laughs) angel you know the list goes on yeah Uh, and i think 
And I think sometimes it goes both ways. People are scared of it. And I think people who know it also use it as a wall to keep mm. people away. Um, and I think you've seen that all throughout Christian history. Mm. Um, and and quite frankly, it's, it's not that at all. And it's once you you get to know these things, it's not it's not scary and it shouldn't be. Uh, it's just we have a way of making it sometimes more complex than it needs to be. Yeah. And so for the everyday theologian, uh, there's no there's no reason you don't have to go to seminary yeah. to, to study the word. You don't have to have a doctorate. You don't have to go to college. Yeah. Uh, I mean, by you having a Bible and being part of the body of Christ, uh, the, everything that Scripture says is a reality just as much for you as anybody else. Yeah. So instead of getting caught up in all the things we don't understand, we should be trying to understand those things. Yes, absolutely. Um, one thing that I kind of want to shift a little bit and talk about how people who may not have dove in into these types of, you know, conversations with theology yeah. or doctrine, right? They all still have a worldview. Yeah. Everyone living looks at the world through some lens, right? Yeah. So as a Christian, somebody who even says like, I've accepted Christ, maybe that's all they've done. I've accepted Christ. Yeah. They see the world in a certain way, but it may not be through the Bible. Mm. If they don't, yeah. if they haven't read or studied their Bible, then they're not having a biblical worldview. Yeah. But what what would you say is, is it crucial to have a biblical worldview or can we live in this life um, looking at the world however we want? Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I think it's not only, it's, it's not only possible, but it's necessary. And it's, it's something that we absolutely need as Christians. Uh, and as you said, everyone has a worldview, mm -hmm. right? Um, by the definition, if you can view the world, you have a worldview. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, is what you don't realize and what I don't realize, subconsciously, we have things that shape our worldview. Mm -hmm. uh, whether that be our parents being you know psychologically probably our childhood has a lot to do with the way we see the world yeah um, maybe someone we look up to the media we consume on a daily basis mm. uh, you know there's a saying that you, you become like the 10 people you spend the most time yeah, with heard that uh, i mean the people you spend time the community right and theology has to be done in community and that's important and that's so why important meeting as the body of christ is mm. important uh you know everything that happens on your daily basis does affect the way you see the world mm. so that is so important that's why it's so important for us christians to really press into the word to, to gain that biblical worldview mm -hmm. so if somebody's listening right now and they say well i'm a christian but i don't know if i have a biblical mm -hmm. worldview how would you tell that person to obtain that they can obtain a yeah. biblical worldview how would they go about doing that yeah well i would say it's really simple and it's, it's something actually you already touched on your podcast, which is the meta narrative of scripture, mm -hmm. which is basically just a fancy way of saying the whole story of scripture, right? Yeah. Um, and if someone's asking, how do I gain a biblical worldview is it falls in the four, a, a biblical worldview falls in the four main categories. One story, four categories, creation, fall, redemption, restoration, mm -hmm. or some people say recreation. Uh, and that is really the Bible in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think, that in itself is a biblical worldview is we were created uh, by we, we mean humans, mm -hmm. right? Human beings were created in relationship with God 
uh, but because of sin, they have fallen away from the grace of God. Yeah. Um, and sin, the nature of sin, it divides, it destroys, and it creates a distance between us and God. Mm-hmm. So, but God, being gracious, made a plan to restore us, which is the entire Old Testament, which you've already covered. So, you know, go watch that. <laughs> and we don't have the time to do that. Uh, but that's put in place in the Old Testament, finalized in New Testament through his son, who lives a perfect life. Mm-hmm. And because he is able to die in our place, uh, he rises again. Anyone who believes in him is redeemed. Mm-hmm. So there's redemption. Uh, and that is the stage we're still in, right? And something we've talked about, about salvation. Mm-hmm. Some of us, you know, are saved. Some are not. Some are still the process of becoming more like Christ. And then eventually we, all of creation will be restored. So Revelation 21, which is the new Jerusalem, a new heaven and a new earth, it's a direct callback to the garden. Mm. And so I would encourage someone, too, to read Genesis 1 and Revelation 21 and 22, or just, sorry, 21. Uh, to read the last chapters of Revelation and the first chapters of Genesis, you will see, it will, it will blow your mind and how Scripture is one unified story. Yeah. And how God will be with humans again. Mm-hmm. And Colossians says that, christ and in in him are all things uh all things will be in christ will be restored through christ and so that is the story of scripture and that and so someone's listening saying like how do i get that worldview mm-hmm. uh i would just say it has to be through that lens yeah creation fall redemption restoration mm-hmm. and that's the way you see everything and i think that you know obviously you can go way more into detail and you should but i think as a as a by 10,000 foot view or 30,000 foot view, that is, that is the lens. Yeah. So if a person has that view or begins to obtain that view, yeah, it doesn't just um, uh, impact the way that they look at the world, right? Yeah. It also impacts the way that they think and then act. Mm. So we're talking about a worldview, but it's also something that should change the way that we view and and act towards everything. Would you yeah. say, would you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. So kind of, you said this, or at least you used the word lens, mm-hmm. right? And so if an expression is like when rose colored glasses, mm-hmm. right? Where you see everything in a good perspective. Well, in a biblical worldview, uh, and that's the same way that creation fall, you know, if I put on my biblical glasses, mm-hmm. creation fall, redemption, restoration, it, it should affect the way you see everything. Yeah. Most importantly, the way you see the Bible, mm-hmm. but how you see the world. Yeah. Right? So it's how I see my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's how I, you know, having a child, if you have a child, that's how you handle discipline. Yeah. That's how you handle homework. That's mm-hmm. how you handle chores. That's how you handle, you know, going to work every day. Yeah. Uh, the daily task of life. I mean, that is really, that's how, through the lens we, we see it. Mm-hmm. Impacts how we live. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's um, great. And honestly, if someone's listening, they could probably, like you said, continue on with that. Dive into yeah. this a, a lot more. Oh, yeah. So one thing that um, you might have noticed before or seen happening is that the biblical lens is kind of being shifted. Mm-hmm. And there, the gospel is also being shifted a little bit. There's um, elements being added and taken away to the gospel. Have you mm-hmm. noticed that happening within churches? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, and the thing is, is I know something like even with prosperity gospel or, or things that are popular today. Mm-hmm. Um, in reality, that's happened ever since the church started. Yeah. Um, and if you look at any time in church history, uh, 
that's always been happening. And so I, I don't think it's something new. I think it's just our chapter of it. Mm. And I think that's going to happen as long as the church is around and the gospel is around. I think people will always try to, because we're, we're humans, right? Mm-hmm. And I think if you read Genesis and you read any part of the Old Testament or any part of the New Testament, humans are humans. And uh, <laughs> if there's a possibility to sin, usually there's there's going to be someone to do it. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I think there will always be those who add or take away from the gospel. Mm-hmm. Now the danger is making, and the responsibility is making sure that it's not us. It's not me. It's right. not you. Yeah. Uh, and the the best way, another example, I think my youth pastor used to say this, but it's kind of like people who study at the treasury, like what is a counterfeit dollar bill. Mm-hmm. So the way they study it is instead of looking at all, knowing everything that fakes do, they just know what a real dollar bill looks like the most. And because they know what a real dollar bill looks like so well, mm-hmm. they're able to tell all the counterfeits just simply because they know that it's not what a real dollar bill looks like. That's so good. And so that's what I would say for the Christian is that biblical worldview. If you know your Bible and you know your worldview well enough, you, it's going to be very easy for you to tell what's not part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the problem is people don't, people don't know. Yeah. And obviously I think there is, responsibility for that but also i think people are subjected to that i think there's oppressors and uh jesus uses the metaphor of a a wolf in sheep's clothing Mm. and i think that's i think you know it's enticing Mm -hmm. Uh, a lot of people who preach a a fake gospel uh i think they do it well Mm. and so we just have to be careful that we don't just seek people that tickle our ears or that we love as communicators or even think are just great speakers i think there's a danger of like i I do this all the time there's certain pastors or preachers that i like and just because they're good at preaching i'm like oh well everything they say must be right yeah well that's okay if they're teaching the right thing Mm -hmm. but you're setting yourself up for failure if you don't if you're not always going back to that worldview yeah so one thing that encouraged me that you said was that this is not something new yeah uh heresy or false teaching false prophets right paul paul warned timothy about this type of stuff happening so we shouldn't be surprised that it's happening now too but one thing that i wanted to ask you about is is what would you tell a listener right now is the pure gospel Mm. so if they're listening and, and thinking well okay, I have this hundred dollar bill, but I've never studied to know, like, is it real? Is it fake? Is it real? Is it fake? Yeah. So what, what is something that a listener can go off of to know like, okay, this is the real gospel? Yeah. Well, two, two things. So the first thing being what I, what we just talked about just in general, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's so much, I mean, t- that is the story of scripture. And so if anyone goes away from any part of that, right, that maybe it, there's God didn't create. Mm. Or man isn't fallen. I think that's the biggest one. Uh, man is good on their own. Or we don't really need a savior. We have a savior on our own. Mm. Or we we ourselves can save ourselves. Or And then restoration. That if their gospel doesn't include what's going to happen, that's not a complete gospel. So that's the first aspect. But even more specifically, and I have some bullet points. Um, I actually got this from our seminary's website. Okay. Uh, but these are just like, and maybe the <laughs> listener, if you're sitting down maybe you can write these down or come back to this it's gonna uh, be good because it's yeah from, i didn't write it it's so, from dts yeah. right it's gonna be good amen nothing <laughs> uh, but these are just some core doctrines that i think unifies all of christianity okay uh ex- or yeah 
there's details in there, but I think the especially these certain things. Uh, if if you go to a church and they deny these things, uh, that's a major red flag, mm-hmm. and I would really look into it. So one being the authority and inerrancy of scripture. Okay. Right. So the scripture being the authority for all things. Second mm-hmm. uh, Timothy three sixteen says, which I'll pull it up right here. Every scripture is inspired by God and useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness. Uh, and like I said, I can go way more into that, but wherever you go, scripture has to be the authority. Because uh, like we said, that is the word of God. Mm. It is God. It's God revealed. And so God is our authority and he has given his word. Mm-hmm. And so anything that contradicts his word uh, is not good. Yeah. So and then inerrancy, that's just meaning that the Bible is true in all that it teaches. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if anyone says that a certain part of the Bible isn't true or maybe or you know, whatever the Bible. Yeah. The Bible teaches this, but we should, we don't have to listen to that today. Yeah. You know, that's outdated. Yeah. Something like that. Or, you know, you kind of pick and choose, or maybe the old Testament isn't, we don't listen to the old Testament at all. It's just the new, you know, something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, that would be another part of that. Okay. Red flag. The next one would be the Trinity, Mm. uh, father, son, Holy spirit. So that they're one, one essence in three persons, which that might sound technical, but, and I can go more into that, but just know that that is, that is a core of Christianity. Mm-hmm. So I had a professor say that the two distinct, the, what this two distinguishes, sorry, two things distinguish Christianity from every other religion in the world, uh, the Trinity and grace. Okay. Um, and that's just, I, I really like the way he put that, but the Trinity, uh, I think anyone that denies that maybe the, the, the son is not God, that mm-hmm. the son is created. That's actually, uh, she's from Disney Channel. I don't I forgot her name, but a girl from Disney Channel actually got popular recently for saying that. Uh, I'll have to look that up. Yeah, it's China. <laughs> I don't know her last name, but she was on, uh, I'm, I'm looking at Bree, sorry. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but I, there that that's, that's alive today. There's people yeah. that would deny that the Son is God or that the Holy Spirit is God or that the Father created both of them mm-hmm. or that they're three gods is well, if there are three gods, then we are polytheists. Yeah. Which we're not. Mm-hmm. We're one God, three persons. Yeah. Uh, the next one would be Christ's full deity and humanity. Mm-hmm. So Christ being fully human and fully God, which I know is hard to like, how does 100 plus 100 equal 100? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that sometimes, I think that's where human knowledge, we get limited and it, it becomes hard to try to understand but if anyone denies that if and there's a whole line of historic thought of like there's like in church history there's been people who deny that christ was a man at all that he was really just a kind of like a ghost yeah or there's a view called there's a view that says that christ was a man a really good man and god adopted him as his son mm-hmm. as later in his life uh so anything that says denies one of those facts or both of those facts that's not part of the gospel. Mm-hmm. So fully man, fully human. Uh, the spiritual lostness of the human race. So mm-hmm. the fall, just going back to what you said, that ultimately man is sinned mm-hmm. and man is separated from God and we need a savior. I mean, that that's really as simple as yeah. you can put it. Uh, the next is Christ's, subs, uh, Christ's atonement and bodily resurrection. So that Christ is our atonement and he physically rose from the grave. Mm-hmm. Anyone that says that Christ didn't raise from the grave, I mean, if Paul said, if Christ didn't raise from the grave, uh, we are to be most pitied amongst yeah, all men. There's so, no faith. 
we have no yeah. faith. Yeah, exactly. Uh, that is the center of Christianity, quite literally. Yeah. Uh, so Jesus literally rose from the grave. So the next one being salvation by faith alone and Christ alone. So one of the two things that you had talked about earlier was that Christianity is separated from other religions because of grace and yeah. not works. So what? how would you say to somebody who may talk about um, they have to work to obtain salvation or even they're not doing enough for God mm. or um, you, what, what do you think about some of that? Yeah, well, I think that's natural. I think that's totally natural as a human being because uh, I think that's everything. A lot of things in our world, you know, you get rewarded for your actions. Mm. Uh, and so I think it's natural for us to think with God that we have to do that. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's happened throughout the, the Old and New Testament as well. But that is not Christianity. Yeah. Uh, salvation has always been by faith, mm -hmm. right? Abraham was justified by his faith. Yeah. Um, all the Old Testament, like Noah justified by his faith. Uh, you know, we already mentioned Abraham. I mean, we can, I mean, we, we you know, we could spend an hour on the next uh, Hebrews. Yeah. Uh, the author of Hebrews gives a hall of faith in chapter 12 of how they were all justified by faith. Um, and I think that, like I said, it's natural for us to try to work for our salvation, but that isn't, that was never the intent. Uh, Galatians 2 says, if righteousness could be gained to the law, then Christ died for nothing. Mm -hmm. And so the idea that we can gain our salvation by works yeah. totally negates the fact that we need a savior. Mm -hmm. Because uh, if we could gain it on ourselves, then well, then there's no need for Christ to come. Yeah. Uh, and so the fact that Christ came and died, uh, I mean, just that alone shows that human beings are limited. Mm -hmm. um, and I can, something that I, I love is wisdom literature. So personally, my favorite is Ecclesiastes, and I love the book of Job. And um, and I think there's there's something similar there where Solomon and Job, you can both see their limits as, as humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, so Solomon being, he, he represents the richest, most powerful man in the world, yet he still is limited. Yeah. Job, uh, as this like almost righteous man where he doesn't do anything wrong, he has everything and he still is limited before God. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I think in the New Testament, that's obvious as well. Uh, and I, I think that's just not the gospel. And yeah. I think that, you know. The Bible says that salvation is by grace alone. Yeah. Uh, and I think if we have to work for it, we start to, especially as Christians. So someone who's a Christian and thinks that may, you know, God might, God is upset with me, or maybe God, like I have to work for to earn my salvation. Mm -hmm. You are, you're not, you're almost like negating what Christ has done. Yeah. And the beauty of grace is, no, you, you can't earn it but it's already been taken care of. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think, especially as from a Christian who tries to keep working for their salvation, uh, you know, you're really miss you're, you're missing the whole yeah. message. And yeah. uh, an, an example that I heard that really put this well is world religions. Every other idea of God is, is climbing up the mountain. Mm -hmm. We're going to, we're going to find God at the top of the mountain through our good works, through our asceticism, you know, or yeah. through our, uh, intellect, we're going to find a way to reach God. And, but the gospel is God coming down the mountain, mm -hmm. picking us up and carrying us up. Yeah. Uh, we, you know, we, we can't get there no matter how hard we try. Mm -hmm.
So a person that's listening, they could take what you had said and know that those attributes, those, all of the things that you added were the real gospel. Yeah. So anything, if they go to a church and they say anything that's separate from what you had just said, yeah. those are red flags. Yeah. And I, I did forget one. One would be the physical return of Christ. That he will come again for his people. Yeah, which plays in what we said earlier, restoration. Yeah. So that God will physically restore all things. Mm-hmm. That our faith is, like, we have been spiritually restored, uh, but obviously we still die. Yeah. Uh, we still have pain. Mm-hmm. There's still sin in the world. But we have a faith that says that, no, God will come and put an end to all of those things. Yeah. So that as well. But yes, yes. Anything that would deny any of those things that we've said already, uh, I, I would say is not preaching the full gospel. Uh, one question I want to ask about what you had just mentioned about how we do physically die on earth. Yeah. Part of the uh, new teachings that are kind of developing is that on earth, we're going to have this good life. Mm. And that we're going to have good health and, you know, nothing bad may happen to us if we follow Jesus. But that's not what Christ said. No, uh, not at all. And I kind of back to what we were talking about, about people who preach a faith gospel or Mm -hmm. prosperity gospel. Um, You know, Christ says, pick up your cross and follow me, which we've we've heard that so many times. I've heard that so many times that we almost forget what like a cross is. Mm. Um, so a cross is literally a, an execution method by the Romans that was designed to inflict like the most pain possible. Uh, they used it for political mischiefs, basically. Pe- they, they made the cross to make a, a statement that you yeah. don't go against Rome. Uh, it's horrible. It, and, and it's the same way. It's, uh, the way I think, I try to think about it sometimes is like Jesus saying, you know, pick up your electric chair <laughs> or pick <laughs> right. up your, it, you know, like uh, it, that's the kind of, and that context of what he's saying he's saying you know pick up your way to die mm-hmm. and come follow mm-hmm. me um and so when we hear that it that's a lot heavier than maybe what we we think in our context yeah. you know because now a cross which is almost a, a great irony is you know we we have a cross everywhere if a roman ancient roman came to our day and saw all the churches with crosses they'd probably have a hard time going to church yeah um but the cross is really a symbol of that and obviously, it's a, it's a symbol of what Christ has done for us, mm-hmm. which is beautiful for us and goes to grace. But it's also a reminder of what Christ has called us to do. Yeah. And uh, I would just point also to someone who says, you know, following Christ, you will get money yeah. and you will have physical peace and you will just have abundance of material things. Uh, I would point to every figure in the New Testament. Right. Every disciple, that was not true at all. They didn't um, uh, die of old age, did they? The disciples? No, there was one. Yeah, there was one. And all the rest, all the rest uh, did not die peacefully. Yeah. They, they were martyred. Uh, and yeah, in the early church, that, that, that was a reality is by being a Christian, you were, you were signing up for probably to die. Yeah. Uh, and so this idea that now, not to say that God can't give you those things, for sure. I think God has blessed me personally with mm-hmm. a lot of material blessings. Uh, just health alone or, you know, education or running food and like running water and electricity. You yeah. know, it's just things that we really take for granted in our culture. Uh, but to say that that is part of being a Christian, you know, you're that's not, that's not. And that's, uh, I think that's a real danger. 
Yeah. We don't follow Christ for what he can give us on earth. Mm, right. Yeah. Would, and that would kind of be, um, I mean, we follow Christ and he's graciously given us salvation, but he doesn't promise that he'll give us all of, all of the things yeah. that you listed. Yeah. If, if anything, he promises more hardship. Like it. Yeah. And like, obviously we have his presence and that is that we have, you know, in John 17, he's praying with the father and he says that I, I pray that they are one as we are one. Mm -hmm. And ultimately that we are, we are, we join in the Trinitarian fellowship, which is basically just saying like, we have communion with God. Yeah. Wow. That alone, uh, the creator of everything that, that is enough to, that is better than any material blessing that you could really yeah. ever get. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so I think, I think that's a real danger, especially in America. Uh, obviously, I mean, there's been so many, I mean, the American gospel or mm -hmm. so many things that, that are people that are c combating that, but it, that is a real danger for Americans today, yeah. especially. So if somebody's listening and they say, okay, well, Noah, I think I have a biblical worldview and I think I can tell a counterfeit gospel from the yeah. true gospel, but I don't know if I personally am growing in that sanctification that you talked about earlier. Mm. So someone who may say like, yes, I've been saved. I was converted into, you know, a Christian, but how would I look at my life and know if I'm growing, if my biblical lens is, um, is developing properly, what would you say to them? Uh, I think that the biggest way to tell would be one accountability, mm -hmm. but I also think uh, the Bible has given us ways to tell, which are the fruits of the spirit. Yeah. Um, and I think obviously it's going to be harder to recognize that in yourself. Um, but that's what I said, accountability. So, you know, the church is a community mm -hmm. and human beings are created to be in community, especially as Christians. And so I would just tell that person, uh, ask a friend, uh, ask a, a fellow Christian, maybe accountability partner, your pastor uh, or your small group leader, or maybe your husband or your wife, someone who really knows you really well. And, you know, ask them to maybe give you an account of like, hey, what are some ways that you think I have grown? Uh, and do you see that in my life? And hopefully you have someone who would be honest with you mm -hmm. and, and say, well, I, yeah, I see you growing this way, but maybe you, you can try, you, you're not growing in this way. Uh, also, same thing with the Bible, biblical accountability, right? Um, going to someone in your church and with, that you trust has a biblical worldview as those things we pointed to and say, like, is my life aligned with these things? Yeah. Um, is there any way that I'm not living these things or that I don't believe? Um, and then, you know, make the adjustments accordingly. So would you say that there is no growth apart from accountability, that we have to have that accountability to be growing? Uh. I wouldn't say necessarily because ultimately the growth comes from Christ, mm -hmm. right? The growth comes from God. Uh, Paul, you know, says like, I planted, you know, another watered, yeah. but the Lord makes it grows. Uh, and so ultimately it is God who makes grow. Uh, but yes, I mean, accountability is almost necessary yeah. because man is not an island, uh, even <laughs> from the garden, right? Uh, the first time God says something's not good in Genesis is when man is alone. Yeah, wow. Uh, and I think that is an indicator, like human being, to be, being part of human is your relation to other human beings. Mm -hmm. And as Christians, like being a Christian is being part of the body of Christ. And so 
you know, whether I like it or not, I, I might be a foot, you know, I don't know what I am, I might yeah. be a no, but it's like, you are part of something that is not just you anymore. Yeah. You are not a body, you're part of a body. Mm-hmm. And so really, as Christians, we have to press into the body to, to grow. Yeah. So somebody listening, they may be thinking, okay, well, I still don't know, like, all of the theology terms, and yeah, I may yeah. not know all of the, right? Yeah, yeah. we're still learning. Gotcha. Um, I hope, hopefully we continue our whole lives to learn. Amen. Yeah. But what would be some some closing things that you would encourage someone who who may be thinking, okay, I don't know that much about Christianity. I'm a Christian. Yeah. I don't know that much, but it is cool to be a smart Christian, yeah. right? So so what would you encourage them with as we wrap up? Well, uh, this is something I've thought about a lot, and I'm, I'm excited to share because uh, something that I realized in college. So I think I was a, maybe a freshman in college. Uh, maybe even a sophomore, I don't, I don't really remember at the exact time, but I do remember, I think, I really think the Lord brought this to me, uh, but I realized that in my spiritual walk, all the things that have, that caused me to grow, like, a lot, and really challenge my worldview, and mm-hmm. really change the way I see the world, and see Christ, and see the Bible, um, were all came from books. Okay. Uh, one, obviously, being the Bible, like, there's no substitute for that. Yeah. Uh, but also, uh, I mean, I remember reading My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald uh, Chambers. Mm-hmm. That book, in a lot of ways, changed my life. And uh, and I, from my pastor, I mean, the things that my pastor would say would come from books or mentors. They would point me to things to read. Uh, on Bree's episode that you did with her, yeah, she talks about how she read and it motivated her to what she's passionate about now. Yeah. Uh, I think that's just the case. And so my first advice would be um, take up and read, which is what the most influential theologian ever, his name is St. Augustine of Hippo, or mm-hmm. just Augustine. Uh, some people might say Augustine. Yeah, I um, never knew how to pronounce that. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd just say Augustine, and yeah. it feels good to me, so I'm just going to go for it. But uh, yeah, when he was converted, uh, that was what it was said. Let's take up and read, and he picks up the Bible, and he became a Christian. Mm-hmm. He read Romans, and he became a Christian. Um, and so I, w- I would say to someone, take up and read, first off, uh, read the Bible, which I know that sounds simple and it might sound like I'm being dismissive. No, but, but genuinely like that biblical worldview we talked about, the only way you're going to get that is from the Bible. Yeah. To know it. To know it, to know it well, read it with other people. Uh, so I would say, try to read as much of the Bible as you can. And something that I would also say to someone maybe who's been a Christian their whole life or been in the church their whole life, like me, I, I grew up in the church. I always read the Bible in snippets. So I, I would read like a, one chapter or I would read a couple verses and maybe a psalm and maybe a, a couple verses from the Old Testament. And that, that would be my devotional time. But I would challenge someone like that to really try to just sit down and read the Bible as a, as a book. Mm-hmm. Um, because that's the way it was written, that, you know. I've heard at seminary a couple times that my professors, especially in my Greek class, say the the chapter and the verses, those aren't inspired. Right, yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, that's something that's added to help us, but the chapter markers were not part of the original text. Mm-hmm. And so, really, I think something that's really helped me, and it may, uh, read the Gospel of John, read the Gospel of Mark, just as a story. Uh, try to sit down and just read through it, as one, or any of the New Testament epistles, or Genesis, uh, I mean, or any book in the Bible, just try to read 
Um, and so, so take out the the sections that were created for us and try yeah. to see it as a whole. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, for for most. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the Psalms or yeah. you know, probably <laughs> take there's, a while. There, yeah. Uh, well, there's the visions on purpose, like stylistically, but yeah, just just one read the Bible because mm-hmm. uh, that is that sounds simple, but something that we have to remember as 21st century Americans is that not in the history of Christianity, a lot of people couldn't read yeah. at all. And also, if they read, they didn't have access to the Bible. Um, I mean, that, that's the beauty of the Reformation in a lot of ways is most people, if it was, they had a Bible, it was the priest had it and it was in Latin. Yeah. Or, you know, they had to get their Bible from another source or from an oral source. But the beauty is what you have that most his, Christians in history ever have never had is you have all 66 books. I mean, in a lot of Christian, I mean, I have several Bibles yeah. I, on my Bible app. I have, you know, the amount of translations you have on the free Bible app alone. And that's something really to really consider and not and not take for granted. Uh, I was a philosophy major in college mm-hmm. and uh, my philosophy professor said, because we were going through Aristotle was, you know, as you would. And we got this reader and it was like a collection of Aristotle's works. So it was probably like 20 of his most popular works. Okay. And we were reading one of them and he was like, gentlemen, you know, if ladies, gentlemen, ladies, like if, if y'all want a medieval education, just read this whole book. He's like, if you want to know what people in the medieval times were when they were reading Aristotle, if you want to be educated, like they would just read systematically through this, through all his works. And that's what I would say to someone who wants to learn about the Bible. It's like there's no substitute for reading the Bible uh, is going to, you know, there's no substitute for doing that. It's like you want education, read the Bible. Yeah. Now, obviously, if you can't do that alone. Mm-hmm. It's hard. Obviously, I mean, there's things in the Bible that don't make a lot of sense sometimes to us. It's like uh, this verse talks about bears killing people. I, how does that relate to me at all? Um. So that, that begins the work of interpretation. But I, I would say, one, just read the Bible. Yeah. Um, the next thing I would say is there are so many free resources available for mm-hmm. you. Um, so one of them, my my favorite that I've found is called The Bible Project. Okay. Yeah, um, that's yeah. great. And I would say to anyone who wants to know more about the Bible, I would just check them out. I mean, their whole goal is to bring make the Bible more accessible, and they make videos. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm a big visual learner. Uh, I I have to see things for them to make sense to me, and they have a vid- they literally have if you go on their website they have a video for each book of the Bible. Wow! And so if you're like uh Second Samuel or the Book of Job mm-hmm. or the Book of Ephesians, you just click play in an eight to ten minute video, and it, they just explain the entire book. Uh, and wow. it's the art you know it's the whole artistic thing. It's really cool, but the people who put it together are really solid. And so I think that's, that's a totally free resource. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, another one is blue letter Bible, which is the website that is kind of like gives you commentaries and, and stuff that that's something that I would use a lot mm-hmm. in high school and college to like help if I had to like teach or something. Uh, and so if you're looking for like, what do other people other than just me or my pastor say about the, the text, you can use that resource. Uh, something if, if someone's really interested in like in more of the intellectual side of like more of maybe asking the question why is what I believe true like more in the apologetics yeah uh, my, I really love William Lane Craig uh, 
he's a professor uh, and he's awesome and he has a website called reasonablefaith.org or .com it'll pop yeah, up you, know, you can find it faith. on google uh, but his youtube channel uh, that is really awesome uh, and there's a lot of resources there. Uh, Capturing Christianity is another YouTube wow. channel. I mentioned a lot of YouTube. I watch a lot of, I, like I'm a visual learner. So, hey, Everyday Theologian. Yeah, on the, YouTube. Hey, come on. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, and there's, the list goes on, but I, I would encourage you, someone to check out those resources yeah. first. But really, I mean, the list goes on. You could uh, keep going. Yeah. And so just don't think that because you're not in seminary or, you haven't been a Bible student for a long time, or maybe you feel maybe shameful that you haven't read enough of the Bible or something. You know, I would, one, remember Romans 8, right? If you're a Christian, there is no condemnation for you. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to feel this shame of like, well, I'm not as smart as I should be. Because, um, you know, I don't think the Bible excuses you from that. I think you should learn more, but you don't need to feel shame because yeah. of that. But in the next thing is there's so many resources available for yeah. you. Um, and so really, I mean, in the internet age, I mean, you know, the internet itself is like, you can really, with no money and a laptop and a Bible, I mean, you can really learn so much. Yeah. And so that, that and that's available for everybody, you know? So have to have a, a good biblical worldview really just starts with reading your Bible. Yeah. Reading your Bible, but then also finding a healthy church and accountability partner who can let you know if one, if you're growing, we talked about sanctification, yeah. but two, what the real gospel looks like. Yeah. And we have, in order to know what the false gospel looks like, we have to know our Bibles. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just to reiterate something I said earlier is, you know, there's so we just have to understand where we are in history yeah, and that this wasn't an opportunity for people, um, especially in the early church. Mm -hmm. and, and actually something too, that I wanted to mention was a lot of times in the new Testament, when the word scripture or like the scriptures is being said, mm -hmm. they're talking about the old Testament. Yeah. Um, and so I would encourage too a lot of I, growing up, I was kind of raised in a culture where, and I, I am so grateful for my upbringing and my and my cult, the culture I grew up in. But uh, there was kind of the stigma that the Old Testament is like really boring and like long and just kind of almost almost pointless. And I now learning now spending a lot more time in the Old Testament, just how false that is, yeah. and how much of our faith is rooted. I mean, uh, is rooted in the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. I mean, without the Old Testament, there is no New Testament. Yeah. Um, and Christ is like going back to what I said at the beginning, Christ is the word. Um, and that includes the old Testament. And so I would also encourage someone who, who's trying to learn, like really try to understand the old Testament as well. And by using resources, by reading, by reaching into other people, you know, you don't have to do this alone. Yeah. Wow. So much to think about and even to like yeah. go back. And if you didn't have a pen and paper with when, Noah said some of this stuff about um, the true gospel. I encourage you to go back and listen. Also, I just want to encourage you that if you're listening and you have maybe became a Christian, right, yeah. and started that salvation process, that it's it's not too late for you to continue on, right? Yeah. Somebody who may be thinking, well, man, I'm so far behind, or I don't know where I'm at, where to start, just start with reading the Bible. 
And through sanctification, your whole life here on earth, God will continue to grow you. Yeah. Right. And just to add to that, like, yeah. like seek your community, mm. uh, really, really press in. Cause like I said, it's like no man is an Island. Yeah. Uh, really press into your community, press into your church, to your accountability partner. I mean, your spouse, you know, whoever it is, uh, you know, it can be really daunting if you pick up the Bible by yourself. Right. Yes. But the beauty of it is that's that's not true. Yeah. And it, it, you're not intended to do that. And so, yeah, really, really press into that. Well, thank you, Noah, for joining today. Yeah, absolutely. And if you are listening on YouTube, comment below. Let me know if you have any questions or thoughts. Subscribe to the channel. And if you're listening on a podcast platform, share with your friends. And we'll see you next week. Bye. <laughs>